Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Uninformed Podcast, an up-and-coming podcast on all of the podcast areas that you can find podcasts in. I don't know what that would be, but wherever it is, we're up-and-coming. That being said, I got my three amigos here today. What up, Zach? Hey, what's up? Ethan. Hey, what's up? And Jaybird. What up, dude? Hola, amigo. Very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Very interesting uh, entrances by all three of you guys. All right, guys. I'm going to take you back in time uh, close to 70 years. All right. You follow me? Whoa, yeah. How am I going to do that? It's pretty long. (laughs) That was good. All right. In the 1950s, Kurt Richter, he was a Harvard graduate and a scientist at John Hopkins University. He okay, smart guy. You know who he is? No, I'm just saying just he sounds like a smart guy already. Right, exactly. So he conducted uh, a study. Does anybody know what that study is? I feel like once I get into it, you guys might might have heard this before. Wait, 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 wait. What's his last name? Richter. Richter. Like the Richter. Earthquake. Like the Richter Richter scale? Yeah, R-I-C-H-T-E-R. Kurt. Okay. Richter. All right, my prediction is going to have something to do with earthquakes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like seismic activity. Look at that, context clues. And, all right, anyway, good guess, though. (laughs) This guy, uh, he conducted an experiment on rats. Oh. (laughs) Not even close. Tish, can you tell me the difference between a mouse and a rat? A rat's fatter. A uh, mouse is a little tiny, little tiny guy, squeaky. <laughs> I'll take it. I have no idea. I just know rats are big. They have the the long bald tail, and those are the ones yeah, you yeah. definitely don't want in your house. Oh, well, no. I had a I had a domesticated rat pet actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> for real. Whoa. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually did because I'm allergic to uh, like gerbils, so I had a yeah. pet rat. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh yeah, you you were allergic to squeakers and scruffy. Yeah, I was allergic to your guys' guinea pig. That's how I found out, by the way. Your freaking mm. basement. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, for context, Squeakers and Scruffy, the name of our guinea pigs growing up. Yeah. All right. So, exactly. anyway, it's the 1950s. Kurt Richter, very smart guy, as we've established. Uh, he decides to conduct uh, an experiment on rats. So basically what he did is, uh, I'm just going to sum it up for you guys here, Uh, but basically he placed rats in the buckets of water and then timed their ability to swim. So right off the bat, a couple of them swam down, tried to explore, you know, the bucket they were in, drowned instantly. But as a whole, basically what he found is, uh, on average, they lasted about 15 minutes before they drowned. Thoughts? Hmm. Uh... Is that longer it's than you would think? Long, shorter how, than you would uh, think? A, right around. It's about there. how long I think I would last. So I've. It's right. I think it's me. yeah. I think that makes sense in my head. Yeah. Tish, Tish, you'd probably be around ten minutes. Jared, you might be at twelve. <laughs> I I remember this study now, Jonah. Now that you're mentioning this. All right. Well, no spoiler alerts. But if you remember, then that was stage one of the experiment. So part two of the experiment, he put rats into buckets of water again just like the first time except this time when he saw that they were starting to drown 
he would take them out he'd give them some rest he'd dry them off let them get rejuvenated and then he would put them back in the bucket guess how long or short they were able to tread water for this time I'm gonna say double they doubled their time it's about 30 minutes yeah Zach yeah I think the first time you said about 50 minutes right you said 50 minutes one five almost an hour one five one five okay so I want to say less than that I want to say 20 minutes how is twenty less than fifteen? How is twenty less? <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you said fifty the first time. Five zero. So I said one, one, five, 50, one five. 15 minutes. I said one okay, five I see. as well. And I, I hear said you now. Thirty okay. is double. Okay, so I'll say five minutes. I'll be the polar opposite. Okay, me. I think it's something extraordinary. I don't remember if it's this stage, but it's like twelve hours or something like that. That's my guess. What? Hey, no that's a, that's out of this world. So, spoiler alert, Jared was familiar with this study. They swam for a almost amazing... Uh, they swam for 60 hours. What? <laughs> no way. Why? That's absurd. <laughs> why? That's a great question. Yeah, Basically, what this study... the the What it was pulled from this study was when you have no hope you're willing to give up faster which was conducted in the first bucket those oh. those uh, rats had no idea the circumstance they were in 15 minutes and they were done but in the second part of that study when they were about to drown they were saved and then taken out comforted and then put back into that exact same situation so they had hope that all they had to do was keep swimming until somebody or something came along to save them. So they're Dude, they were kind of hitting deep, man. Isn't that deep? Like that's that's so deep. That's yeah. crazy. So the first time they were they were physically able to swim for six hours the first time because nothing changed with their bodies, but they their psych their psyche is what gave out on them, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna try to d- dissect the the mind of a rat, but. Um, yeah, it, you know, who knows why they gave out. They just they just did. It was probably, you know, the body follows the brain or it is an adaptation of that saying. But basically, if if the brain gives up and you mentally no longer have a will to live or mentally it's too tough, the body's going to follow that. And also just to um iterate, they swam for 60 hours. It was 60. That's wow. insane. Which is that's insane. Like what? It's over yeah. two days. Two hundred and forty times more. Two and a half days, right? I I know we can never do this, but I would be so interested to see how humans would do in a trial study instead of rats. <laughs> I feel I feel like that way about a lot of studies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just think basically what was pulled from the study I thought was an amazing story that we can all take into our own lives those uh, those rats in the second group like once you experience hope like it just shows you how strong and powerful hope is in somebody's lives and hope can be shown in different ways um but in this case the the will to survive knowing that somebody would be coming to rescue them 
which in the rats they they learned that all of a sudden they were able to go longer than they probably ever ever thought that they could um, and you see a lot of uh, stories in humans where humans do amazing things that if we read them off it would just sound like a crazy list that you never thought uh, was possible um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of um, the miracle in the Andes basically it was uh, a soccer team and their plane crashed in the Andes mountains uh, so you know humans yeah. are trained to believe help is coming help is on the way so this plane crashes and I believe it was in 1972 um, I do know 16 people ended up living but they survived for 72 days in you know zero degree weather on a mountaintop yeah but that's didn't they that's... resort to cannibalism they... <laughs> yeah but my point my point there is they were willing to go that far because they had hope that somebody would come and save them yeah they if they hungry. knew if they thought there was zero shot that they were going to live who knows that they resort to cannibalism well, I don't know. It wasn't a case study, but I just find it fascinating. That's over two months in zero degree weather. They survived. Well, like do you think they resort to? Do you think they resorted to cannibalism because they wanted to survive, or and wasn't necessarily because they thought help was on the way? I'm probably I, I just bored. Th- Always wondered what they <laughs> tasted like. Had yeah. an excuse. <laughs> That's exactly what I don't think happened. Obviously, oh, okay, but all right. They, in in my opinion. They had hope that, or or their goal was to stay alive as long as possible because they had hope that the longer they stayed alive, the better chance there was that they would be able to get back to their families and their loved ones and that somebody would be okay. able to come and rescue them. If you die 48 hours in, you're, you don't have a, a good chance of getting rescued, but if you can last two months you have a much higher chance of, of somebody finding you. Yeah, it kind of reminds so, me of an Emmy Award-winning nominee show, yeah. Lost, on ABC from 2004 to 2010. One of the greatest shows ever. Well, we'll, uh, we'll get into that in a different episode. Um, you know what we should do? We should do a series where we all watch never each episode of Lost. We just critique life. it. That's what we should do. Because we've had so many Lost conversations already. I, I, I'm i like dumbfounded. I, I don't know where to go from here. I'm confused. Someone right. say I'm well, lost. Zach, let me, let me unconfuse you. Alright. <laughs> so, I was being silly. I thought that the, the soccer team surviving for 72 days amazing story it none is. of us could yeah. probably do that maybe we could but we don't know until you're up against a gun there you don't know what you can or can't do um there's a person by the name of jose salvador alvangera he holds the record for the longest solo survival at sea so basically this guy took you know a little canoe or a little raft and he traveled over 6500 miles um he was adrift in the ocean for 438 days. Holy cow. How, wait, how long? 438 days. Jeez! Wow. <laughs> That's over a year. What would he eat? What did he drink? In, in, insane amount of time. I don't know. I didn't uh, really go that far deep into it. 
but it's a it's a verified story you can read about it online uh, from what I read it was extremely interesting but 438 days at sea to me is crazy so by your logic uh, you say that he only did that because he had hope that he would be rescued well, no, I, I actually think this guy went out on his own accord to do this. Um, <laughs> okay. Hmm. Oh, all right. I don't know. I, I just know he was adrift at sea for 438 days. But I'm kind of transitioning to... Um, in the story with the rats, once they had hope, they were able to do something exponentially longer than they did the first time. So hope is an amazing uh, motivator or inspiration into doing stuff. But survival obviously is as well. There's a lot of different reasons. Everybody has different motivation. Um, but if you have hope and you're determined enough, um, you truly never know what you're capable of doing. I don't think any of the rats, I mean, again, it's a rat, but thought that they could tread water for 60 hours i don't even know that you know we could tread water for 60 hours no. in a dire situation mm -hmm. i mean that's like that's navy seal hell week type training yeah 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 i don't even know rats could tread um, water well I, you know swimming treading whatever but they you know they stayed stayed in the water before they drowned I'm sure their their treading probably looks a little bit different than uh, than humans. Yeah, my treading water is in a nice heated pool with a nice cold beer oh, yeah. hanging onto the sides. So a little bit different than uh, what the these rats were going through. It seems pretty strenuous, pretty uh, yeah, pretty arduous. So 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 thinking about this in a real world application of just kind of like how it could relate to well, that's, us. That's where I'm going. Uh, you know, if someone like you know, it's trying to lose weight and they're struggling and they're struggling and they finally hit that like 20 pound mile mark or whatever, you know, like sometimes I've seen that, like, it's like, I can do this. I can lose weight, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's a great point that, that is where you get into individual mode, uh, motivation. There's a lot of people that in order for them to continue to do something, they have to see results to know that it's working. And that's kind of what you're talking about there. Yeah. If you feel like you're, you've are you been sacrificing, you're no longer eating out at restaurants, you're not getting fast food for lunch, you cut out you know, ice cream, you're not drinking, and you do that for a while, but your weight stays the same, you're like, well, why would I, why would I do, cut all that out, make my life more miserable, and then, only to lose a pound or two so once you see certain milestones you're like it clicks i know this is working i can continue to do this and you see that success that you can build off of so now we're getting into different motivating factors but i think in humans that that's for some people that is absolutely a big one is mm -hmm. being able to see the results firsthand seeing is believing they say but also kind of bringing it back in to what you were saying more real world applications um does anybody know what the pull-up record is for 24 hours so the amount of pull-ups done by a man in 24 hours it was done by goggin david goggin i believe oh really the the tall yeah. bald guy yeah that guy david goggin did 100 pull-ups every day for a whole entire year to train for this i think he did like I forget, like ten thousand or something. 
Okay. Holy crap. I'll give you a pass, but you're wrong and wrong. Oh! <laughs> so, Goggins did hold the world record. Um, like but I as, said. as of 2023, as of the year 2023, uh, an Australian man passed it. So, in 24 hours, uh, actually in a little bit less, but in 24 hours, he did 8,008 pull-ups. Ooh. <laughs> and I can do like eight. <laughs> Yeah, I can only do four thousand. <laughs> I don't know what the mat. I mean, if you break that down, eight thousand pull ups in twenty four hours. I mean, that's. I don't know, Ethan. You're you're our science guy. What is that? Uh, let's see. Let's bring out the calculator. Is that three hundred? Yeah. How many per hour? What is it? Eight thousand and eight. Easy proportion. That's eight thousand. One every eight ten for seconds. One every ten seconds. Oh my God! So. That's what, what that's six without per sleeping, hour too. That's also without sleeping. <laughs> yeah, six per hour then, about right. No, one every six ten seconds per hour. Six oh, oh wait, ten hour. seconds. I don't know why. I was thinking ten minutes. Oh my god. All right. Jeez. So six, yeah. six for a minute, and then there's sixty minutes. So six times six, six or six times sixty is three sixty. So three sixty for one hour, right? Yeah, three sixty an hour if he doesn't sleep. But I'm sure he slept a few hours. Yeah. So there it is. So probably closer to 500 or so an hour, five to 600 an hour. I doubt he slept. Yeah. I doubt he slept. Yeah. Like I said, I, I just didn't really go into all, all of these stories. I was just looking at the records, but 8,000 pull-ups in 24 hours is absolutely crazy. Uh, but somebody did it and he had to beat somebody else's record who beat somebody else's record. So there's been people that they set their sights on, they want to hold this record and they keep going until they hold it. I mean, David Goggins is um, a pretty well-known guy. If you're out there in you know, the workout sphere, you might have heard of him. Uh, but he did hold this record at one point. And he is an extremely mentally tough guy. And he set his, his, his sights on this school and he went out and did it. And he trained for a year. That's it? Uh, moving on. Well, I mean, he had been training four years, but specifically for this, he, like Jared said, he was doing a uh, hundred pull-ups every day, and with his sights on being able to hold this world record. Gotcha. Push-ups in one hour. Anybody know what the record is? I would assume it's around one a second, which is thirty-six hundred push-ups. So I'm going to say between three thousand and four thousand. Don't you mean six? <laughs> oh, yeah, six. Yeah, that's actually spot on, and that was very good math. Um, I was kidding. Wow. 3,206 push-ups, which is roughly uh, 53 reps a minute. Yeah. Nice. That's a lot. But I think uh, – and so that's over the course of an hour. I think uh, a lot of us would struggle to do, you know, uh, just 100 push-ups in an hour. And these people are out here doing 3,000. So, it's, again, it just kind of shows if you set your mind to something, you're motivated by something, and you're pushing yourself towards something, these are insane uh, goals and records that humans have actually broken and held. Um, Ethan, this one might kind of touch home to you more so than uh, the rest of us, but do you know what the world record is for the mile time? For the mile Actual mile or 1,600 or what? The literal mile, you mean? 
Because uh, there's a bunch that are all really close. But for the mile, it's uh, Hickam, Hickam El Garouge, 347 or something like that. It, isn't the 1600 meter not actually a full mile? It's like a few meters off. Right. Or yeah, the 1600 is a little bit short than a mile. It's six. Yeah. It's a mile 1609, and then the 1600, and then there's the metric mile, which is 1500. But the mile at record, I believe, is Hickam's, Hickam's world record from the 90s. I think he ran like a 347 or a 343, maybe. I think it's 347. So the world record is uh, actually three minutes and 43 seconds. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's held by, and I apologize if I butcher this guy's name, Hasham El Garage. Yeah, Hickam El Garouge. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I just said that, 343, Hickam El Garouge. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. Well, that's what I thought you said, but yeah. then I thought you said somebody from the '90s. So yeah, he ran it in the '90s. Okay. Uh, I believe the so '97, he holds right? The world record time at three minutes and forty-three seconds. Yeah. And you know, for years and years and years, that record has been pushed and pushed and pushed. And it stands to reason, at some point in history, you know, somebody's going to beat that again, and then somebody will beat that, and it'll just keep coming down second by second yeah but, but again it just goes to sh- the thing with well I, i'm not trying to my i'm not trying to get i know where you're where you're gonna go with that but i'm not trying to get all into you know human physics and eventually it'll plateau to a point where nobody can ever beat that record that was said okay <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> this is supposed to be a, a, a motivational discussion. episode I, I don't want to tell people don't set your sights on it you're not going to do it that's the opposite of what I'm trying to instill in people. But basically, the point of everything, bringing it all together, is that when push comes to shove and you set your mind to something and you have a survival-like mentality on something, not just the human body, but animals, but in this case, the human mind, human body, can accomplish extraordinary feats that you may not think you could ever do. Just to kind of put it in a real world perspective to the viewers at home. And if you listen to us, we've kind of joked about this from time to time. Uh, I'm not a runner. I hate running. But uh, I did a 30-mile Spartan race just to see if I could do it. Um, And, you know, it took me 12, 13 hours. It was 31 miles, 60-plus obstacles, and I did it. And it was one of those that I got so far in, I was like, I'm – gonna finish this thing or they're gonna have to pull me off uh in a golf cart off this because i'm I'm not gonna not finish so um but you know it took me a while to get to that mentality because very early on it was you know i can just walk out i can sprain an ankle it doesn't matter but to me that was important to be able to do that because i had never done anything like that so it was kind of cool and you know i was scared going in i didn't know that i'd be able to finish it and i did so for me that was like a big physical mental hurdle that i came over just kind of showing that when you're motivated to do something if you put your mind to it you can do it yeah mind is certainly a strong strongest part of the body when it comes to different stuff this has motivated me i'm gonna go in water and try to tread for 60 hours so thank you it's the only logical in a bucket do it like the rest of it (laughs) yeah i'll I'll find a trash can i'll tread (laughs) Oh, man. Um, hey, Zach, if you go to get in a pool, please be careful. The last time I was in a pool with you, uh, it was uh, did not end very well. 
It was the night before my wedding. A bunch of the guys went down oh. to the pool. Marco Polo. Next thing you oh, know, you, you hear boom, and then Zach go, ah, my knee. <laughs> and then the the whole, all the, the whole pool turns red, blood's gushing out. He's like, my knee, and he gets out. And there's a big split in his knee, and he needed stitches and everything. And he was a trooper. He was dancing the next day. He had a great time, but just be careful. Yeah. I will. It was a struggle, and then I had some um, hands that pulled me out, so I felt like I was a rat. So, tie back in. Good one. Thanks. Yeah. So, I just wanted to share with you guys some amazing stories with a little bit of science studies done to back up um, how just how amazing these intangible things are, like hope and motivation and things that you can't physically touch but are there and how important that is to people in their daily lives and it doesn't have to be applied in a purely athletic or physical sense it could be uh you know finding the courage to ask somebody out or you know to change jobs to move cities to, to buy that reconnect car you want. with loved ones to buy that car you want you know to go yeah. back to school to reconnect it there's a lot of different things out there but at the end of the day if you have a survival like mentality it'll drive you in different ways when you have that motivation to be able to complete amazing feats you never thought were possible yeah yeah from what i'm hearing it sounds like if you're not having a struggle um like maybe once a day at least i guess it doesn't have to be every day but usually um if you're having a struggle uh, once a day then you'll be able to expand your mindset be able to explore other opportunities and grow as a person and all that good Chris, stuff your mind so. should be very expanded yeah. by now <laughs> I would like to say it's as big as Jimmy Neutron but who knows I can't tell well, alright guys thank you for going uh, on this journey I with me I loved, uh, I loved doing this episode uh, <laughs> I love doing this episode I love explaining these different uh, studies to you and the motivation and these amazing human feats i always find it fascinating because i don't think i can do any of that and to see other humans do that maybe in the back of my head i know if i absolutely had to in a life or death situation or to save my loved ones i i could do that thank you all for listening uh, for those of you out there, like, subscribe, comment. We're giving out uh, free merch now, so please go out and comment on our social media. We will be selecting winners. There's new graphics out there every week. It's really a great time to get on board. Go out, share some of our uh, more recent episodes out there, and uh, we will hear from you all next week. Bye. Peace out. Bye. Rock and roll. Rock. Hey, bro.